0: You're listening to Your Best Life, powered by Mercy One. Join us as we have a fun conversation with certified experts and physicians about health topics for you and your family. It's Your Best Life, our one purpose.
1: Hey everyone, this is
0: Sherry, And this is Miriam. So today we are going to be talking about the flu shot and the, and the importance of the vaccination and everything you need to know about why you should get one. And today we are welcoming Gail Gates, our infection preventionist from our friends in Dubuque. Well, hello, and thanks for having us. I am Michelle Arnstorf, community education nurse here at Mercy One in Dubuque. Today I have Gail Gates with us. She is a nurse here at Mercy, um, has been a nurse for 40 plus years in different roles. She has her bachelor's degree um, in nursing and her master's in public health and certified in infection prevention. So the last seven years here at Mercy, she has been our infection preventionist for our Dubuque area. So she's really been, you know, key to helping us get along since the pandemic um, broke out late February, March area and all the daily changes that we were going through. And and now we're kind of coming into the flu season. So, Gail, you got to be excited about that.
1: Oh, I am. I am Michelle and thank you for having me. I um, want to spend the time talking about influenza and the importance of being vaccinated.
0: Mhm. So what exactly like is the like when you say the flu shot in a quick little thing, what are we actually saying that, you know, with a flu shot right. is?
1: Okay, so influenza because flu is used interchangeably sometimes for the respiratory flu and then for the gastric flu. But influenza is a respiratory virus, and it is um, the influenza vaccination that we normally give in the fall for protecting against that respiratory virus. There's multiple manufacturings of what the influenza virus. Right now, most people would receive a quadrivalent or a four um, four different kinds of influenza. Mixed into one one mm-hmm. injection. Influenza. There's many, many, many hundreds of influenza uh, viruses uh, that spread around the world during usually in the fall and spring. So in the southern hemispheres, their small, fall and spring is different than ours. So sure. there is influenza circulating in in the world and on Earth uh, at all times what the influenzas are is influenza a influenza b is what we mostly see make people ill so every year the centers for disease control determine what kinds of influenza is best to put into the vaccine and then they make the vaccine they look at what's happening in the southern hemisphere you know what happened down in australia in their fall because it comes before our fall and they try to put in what they think is going to be the most circulating virus in the country. And that goes in two different A viruses and two different B viruses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's an injection. Most of them are injections. There is nasal live influenza for people of certain ages. But the most important thing that everyone needs to know is that if you are six months old up until a hundred and whatever, you should receive an annual influenza vaccine.
0: Yeah, you probably wish it was called like not the flu shot because in our hemisphere, anywhere in the northern areas, we think of the flu as being, you know, like the stomach thing, not necessarily the respiratory. And
1: that's why I try not to use that term of flu, but use Mm -hmm. the term influenza and and strongly remind people that influenza is a respiratory virus. And Mm -hmm. that's what we're being vaccinated for is that respiratory virus. Virus. There is no vaccine for the gastric, you know, the stomach virus.
0: Well, I will try to change my ways because that makes a lot of sense. And by calling it the flu shot, it kind of makes it more confusing for people. So I will try to become a influenza shot vaccination encourager or whatever. So, um, so Perfect. when people, yeah, get the shot, um, you know, is there, like you said it's coming out soon, you know, vaccinating earlier, is that helpful? Does that help people, you know, versus later?
1: Well, the CDC has made a few new recommendations in the, uh, what we call now the 2020-2021 influenza vaccine. Um, in the past, they have said that the influenza vaccine lasts for the total uh flu season or influenza season. The kind of... Um, came back on that a little bit as to, it may not last the whole 12 months. So if you're vac- if you're vaccinated in September, it mar- might start to wane in the summertime. Um, okay. Not real clear on their guidance there, but the rule of thumb is once vaccine becomes available in your community, especially for high risk people, pregnant women, small children, Uh, our senior citizens, uh, anybody who has um, illness like diabetes, hypertension, lung disease. Those are our priority people to vaccinate, and they should receive it as soon as it becomes available. Other than that, anytime, you know, October through October. (laughs) I like to say (laughs) get it in October because if you get it on October 1st, you're good for the season. So I would say anytime it becomes available, some people get it through their primary care physician, some people get it through their work, some go to the pharmacies. It is available in so many places today. There's really no excuse not to get vaccinated.
0: And I think that was the big issue that, you know, a lot of people were avoiding their, you know, annual visits and their regular, you know, appointments with their physicians that, you know, that a lot of this, you know, could get missed. So they definitely want people to know that, you know, your physician's offices and the clinics are safe places to go. Definitely, you know, if you haven't gone in and had your annual visit, to definitely do it now and get the flu shot while you're there at the same time.
1: Exactly. And the clinics, the doctor's offices, the hospitals, all the healthcare facilities that are seeing patients, giving vaccinations, they are visiting nurse association, which gives a lot of influenza vaccine in the fall. These places have been following the CDC and the Iowa Department of Public Health regulations for seeing and being safe with seeing um, patients. So Mm -hmm. there is disinfecting going on, there is masking going on, hand hygiene is monitored, and we're doing everything possible that the person that's coming to visit their provider get their vaccine is not going to be infected with the covid do you think that don't let the fear of covid keep you from seeing your practitioner and getting your vaccine if you come out of your car and you wash sanitize your hands you don't touch anything you have your mask on even eye protection if you want to wear eye protection you go Mm -hmm. in you social distance, you get your business done, you sanitize your hands, you go into your car and take off your PPE and sanitize your hands again, you should be safe.
0: So we talk about influenza being a respiratory illness. Um, You know, is it, how are they different from COVID? I mean, that's all mainly a respiratory contagious illness as well.
1: There's many respiratory viruses circulating the Earth. Um, influenza has been around for a long time. A lot of people remember the big outbreak or pandemic that we had back in um, the early 1900s, and it's a respiratory virus. COVID is a respiratory virus. Parainfluenza is a respiratory virus. Uh, just Google respiratory virus and you'll see there's many of them. What makes the influenza so important is that people get sick from it. So some people can get like rhinovirus. It's the common cold and not, and get a common cold type symptom. Most people don't die of the common cold, but influenza and coronavirus, this particular coronavirus has fatality with it. And the vaccine is one of the ways that you can avoid getting it or if you do get it you're going to get a milder case.
0: You often hear people that's one reason you know I hear that a lot about I'm not going to get the influenza vaccine because I get sick from it. You know can you tell me a little bit more about maybe what they are feeling after the shot?
1: So anytime you are vaccinated you're given you know somewhat of a dose of the what you're being vaccinated for. So with the influenza vaccine, you may have a fever. The most common side effect is a sore arm, but that's with many vaccines. You mm-hmm. may have a slight fever, you may have slight body aches. What's, what's happening there is your body is reacting to the vaccination in a positive way by building up your antibodies inside your body to fight off the influenza vaccine. So those are normal side effects of of lots of vaccines, and um, the vaccine can't make you sick. So it is a reaction. It is a good reaction. It's your body saying, I'm building up antibodies to fight off the influenza.
0: And if somebody got, you know, sick maybe a couple of days after or whatever, it takes like two weeks, correct, for that vaccine to build up in your system before it actually protects you. So if you got the flu a week later, chances are you were probably exposed before you got your vaccination?
1: That's correct. That's absolutely 100% correct. So it takes about two weeks for the antibodies to build up to be protective. And then the other point uh, I like to point out is vaccines are not 100%, Michelle. Unfortunately, everybody that we vaccinate does not get 100% coverage. And every year, we also have to look at what's circulating in, in our um, communities versus what's in our vaccine. Sometimes we don't get the match correctly. Mm-hmm. And then the older you get, the harder it is for your body to build up those antibodies. So if I'm 25 and healthy and have no sicknesses and I get that flu vaccination, likely is I'm going to have a higher percentage of it working. The older I get, that percentage can go down. And again, sure. it depends upon what's in the vaccine, what's circulating in the community. I think the main point is get vaccinated. It will help you. It will mm-hmm. help you. From what's circulating, it will help you to get from getting severely ill. It may postpone a hospitalization, where if you weren't vaccinated, the influenza could make you so sick that you end up hospitalized or or dying.
0: And that's why I think they were hoping, like or not, they were really pushing the the influenza vaccination because the healthcare systems are already so. You know, overwhelmed with what they're dealing with already. That you know, if you can avoid getting the flu and be in one of those rare ones that get really sick, then you you know don't have to be hospitalized and don't have to put extra you know bearing on your healthcare facilities as well.
1: Right. We see the we see the census in most hospitals go up between you know, and it depends upon when flu season starts, but. Between, you know, December, November, if it's an early flu season, all the way up until March, if it's a late flu season, where we have a, you know, a portion of our inpatient census dedicated to people who are sick with influenza.
0: I want to go back a little bit to, you talked about the arm, the uh, reaction in the arm. Now, I've given different flu shots and people always, you know, commonly ask me, you know, which arm is better to do? Is it my dominant arm because I'm moving it more and it gets absorbed quicker and, you know, less of a reaction and soreness or the opposite arm because I don't use that as much and then it won't be as sore. I've heard different things you know and I guess I've always just said in the past you know it's like if you're lay on your side when you sleep you know and you have a side that you prefer to avoid that arm because that's usually when personally that's when I notice it I kind of forget about it and then maybe like a day or two later I'm laying on my side I'm like oh my god that is you know really sore. So. From your experience, what would be, you know, some advice as to the people giving the the shots and also the ones that are getting it?
1: And I can tell you've given your share of influenza shots, Michelle, because that's the <laughs> yep. line I use, which side yep. of your body do you sleep on? Yeah. So <laughs> if I'm a right-sided sleeper, I'm going to get my shot in the left side okay. um, because that's exactly what happens to me, what you described as I'm fine. I roll over on my on my right side because I'm a right sided sleeper. And now all of a sudden I got this sore arm, which I didn't notice till I rolled on it.
0: Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> you don't realize it, you're you're, bu- you're busy throughout your day yeah, or whatever I, until the night. So
1: right. There's no data out there that says if I get it in my dominant arm, it's going to be less sore. There's no sure. studies that have ever been done. So I go with the what side do you sleep on? Yeah.
0: Well, good. So all those people giving shots, that would be good Any arm is fine. Yeah, perfect. So, um, I mean, COVID seems to, to, you know, be a part of everything anymore. Do you think because of the precautions we're taking there that we hopefully will see less spread of flu just because people are washing their hands more and they're, you know, wearing their masks? And I mean, I'm hopeful of that. Do you think that that would slow down that progression?
1: It will be the most interesting influenza season I've ever lived through or worked through because yeah. of that, Michelle. We yeah. have, it, for the first time in 40 plus years of healthcare, we have driven home to the American public and hopefully to the world public that hand hygiene is important, that keeping right. surfaces clean is important, that not breathing on each other is important when we have circulating virus hopefully Mm -hmm. those new behaviors that people have adopted will help us see a less intense influenza season only time will tell
0: i mean not that you ever want a pandemic but i think there is a lot of good that has come you know out of this as well i love everybody who walks into i agree yeah clean your hands any business you know, hand sanitizer. It's like you don't want to welcome anybody, you know, any more germs into any business. So I love that that's the first thing you see when you walk into establishments anymore. So And
1: I Talking think about- people understand finally covering your cough. You know, covering yeah. the cough. Not with your hand, which is now but coughing into your elbow or coughing into your shirt or coughing mm-hmm. away from people where you know, I mean that that droplet, that cough, I think people are because of COVID, have a better understanding.
0: So is it possible to have both the COVID and influenza at the same time then, if they're both separate respiratory illnesses?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've seen people who have come into the hospital and they've had influenza, but they've also had rhinovirus or the other coronaviruses that are normally circulating that are not the SARS-CoV-2 that we our pandemic with. Um, so, yes, there is a um, chance that if you have influenza, you can still get COVID. Um, they're both respiratory. I mean, if you're in the right place at the right time without the right protection.
0: Right. right. Is there a test that, like, if I came in, you know, because the symptoms are so similar, you know, anyway, you, you might not know what you have. Um, is there, you know, a test that they can detect both either the influenza or the COVID all in like one test or is it multiple tests that we have to determine?
1: And it depends upon where you're going and what laboratory facilities they have. So some some hospitals, clinics, emergency rooms um, do have testing available uh, that is on a panel that tests for both. Some do not, but that doesn't mean that um, you can't, be tested for both if you get the sample and split it and, and that's all more will be revealed on that. But there is COVID-19 testing and there is influenza testing. And if you're lucky enough to be at a place that has both, um, it'll be up to our providers to the doctors, uh, or advanced practice, nurse practitioners, physician assistants to determine you know, But yes, their symptoms are quite the same. The thing with the COVID is that shortness of breath or dyspnea is more prominent than with regular pneumonia. But if you're a, a compromised person that has lung problems, you, you could present like your COVID and actually have influenza. Hopefully, where you're going, you're getting a good diagnostic, the doctor's looking or practitioners looking at you closely, taking your history closely, um, and then making the best choice for your testing. So
0: if I, you know, let's say I I schedule my flu shot um, and then I have like a possible exposure or maybe suspected, you know, COVID-19, can I still get my flu shot if I have that or is it best to
1: wait? If you are, it depends upon where you work and, and what what's going on with your, um, if you are just nor, uh, normal, <laughs> if you're not a healthcare worker and you say you're working in human resources somewhere down the street and all of a sudden mm-hmm. you test positive for COVID, the best thing for you to do is quarantine for 14 days away from okay. everybody else. That is severe, but that is the best thing you can do. So mm-hmm. if you are quarantining for 14 days for positive COVID, you definitely have it, then you should get your influenza shot. As soon as you are asymptomatic, not febrile, and you're feeling better, you can go get your influenza shot. They say, okay. They're saying now that after 10 days of um, being symptomatic, you're usually, after 10 days, not spreading the COVID virus. But 14 days is safe. So mm-hmm. after 14 days, you should be able to mask, hand hygiene, and go get your influenza shot.
0: So just postpone it until you're out of that window or symptomatic. and
1: Right, until your quarantine is done. I had personal experience with that. My sister was COVID positive in Wisconsin. She's not a healthcare worker. She mm-hmm. was quarantined. Her husband and her son, who both live in the home, were quarantined. So they were all quarantined for 14 days. They're out of quarantine now, and um, that is if you're uh, that is the safest way to protect the rest of the world against COVID. And that's
0: what we got to do right now. It's not always about us. It's about protecting other people.
1: Yeah, my mask protects you. Your mask protects me. And mm-hmm. if we're masking when we are not able to socially distance and keep that you know six feet apart, we're going to get a handle on it faster than if we're not.
0: Well, this has been a lot of great information, Gail. Anything else that you, that we didn't touch base on that you want the community to know about or anything? No, the
1: only other thing is how I always end with my um, talking about influenza is that hand hygiene is the single most important thing you can do to protect yourself and the people around you. So make sure that you're doing good hand hygiene, that you're not touching your face, your eyes, your nose, uh, where... Um, viruses can be introduced and in this land this year 2020 that you're masking if you can't social distance and that you are you know being um, thoughtful of others as well as yourself to try to prevent yourself and don't forget to get your flu shot as soon as it's available and don't be afraid to get your flu shot by going to the clinic because you think you're gonna get COVID because like I said most of our healthcare, hospitals clinics and all that they are prepared for you they want to see you they miss you they want you to come and get be safe with your influenza vaccine for the season
0: awesome well i appreciate you being with us today and i will just leave it on your words of advice so thanks again gail and everybody
1: have an awesome day my pleasure michelle be safe thanks
0: Hey, you podcasters, we want to hear your feedback by emailing us at podcasts at mercyhealth.com or fill out a submission form at mercyone.org slash podcast. Live your best life.